Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly Podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. There is no need or never should a Christian um, be lacking wisdom. In other words, there's no excuse for a dumb Christian. All right, I'm just telling you. Uh, Because the Bible says we can ask for wisdom. And God gives it liberally, so there's no reason to not have wisdom. And uh, boy, I've just realized I used to pray for wisdom uh, almost every day in our staff, uh, reading the word in prayer time. And so, uh, boy, I need to go back to praying for wisdom. I I hope you haven't noticed that I haven't been on key. All right. So anyway, uh, all of us need wisdom. You need wisdom. If you've got small kids, you really, really need wisdom because they're all different and challenging. Uh, Anyway, I've talked enough. We're going to get into the notes. Finding freedom. The short title, Finding Freedom. The long title is Freedom from the... um, Yoke of bondage and the curse of hell. Freedom from the yoke of bondage and the curse of hell. In John chapter 8, verse 22, or 32. John chapter 8, 32. The Bible says, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. That is a verse we commonly use and commonly quote and uh, rely on and uh, say in certain situations that just really ministers to our heart. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, let me say this. There are people that know about the truth. They know the Bible. But here's the key to knowing the truth, that knowing the truth means we are walking in the truth, amen? We are walking in it. It is not enough to just have it in our minds, but then we walk in that truth. It seems like, and and, uh, maybe it's because of just the age that we are living in, it seems like that there are more and more of God's people coming under the influence of, of bondage and um, all kind of things happening mentally. Uh, they are, they're fearful. And, and last year, of course, uh, we were dealing with all kinds of emotion, even more so than now. The uh, fear of the unknown, what was going to happen. And a lot of people were fearful um, by the grace of God. By God's grace, listen, don't be afraid to die, all right? We're all gonna die anyway, so don't be afraid to die. Uh, When the whole COVID thing happened, I was laying down, taking a nice nap. I don't know if it was Sunday afternoon or when, but I called Alice to the side of the bed and I said, Alice, listen, uh, I don't know what's gonna happen. This is all new to us, Um, but listen, if I die because I'm on immune suppressant, uh, medication because of a kidney transplant. So if I die, um, I've lived a good life. Uh, we've had a, we've had a good life. And so, um, you know, I'm going to go to heaven, but Alice, I'm not going to die. All right. So, um, but I just, uh, I'm kind of like, was kind of like the, uh, three boys, the three men that were thrown into the fiery furnace. Uh, if our God does not deliver us, we still will not 
bow down, but our God is going to deliver us, all right? So uh, let's just declare it. Uh, you're gonna live and not die, and whether you die physically here, you're gonna live in heaven, all right? So anyway, we can't lose, but a lot of people are, are being challenged there. Maybe they're not in the Word as much as they should be, but they've got mental, emotional issues going on and, and fears and lust and physical afflictions. God help us. A lot of these are deep-rooted in our lives, and Satan has done everything he can to build up a stronghold in our lives. So watch out for strongholds because that's what the enemy wants to build in every one of our lives. So we do not, by the grace of God, want some kind of stronghold in our lives or a place we give place to the devil. And when you give place to the devil, he starts building a stronghold in our lives. It was Jesus on one occasion that said, Satan is coming and has nothing in me. In other words, there is nothing in my life that Satan can grab hold of or a foothold in his life. And so uh, he builds or tries to get a foothold and then build a stronghold in our lives. But the enemy, though he wants to do it by the grace and power of Almighty God, he, it is shattered by the grace of God. A couple of weeks ago, there was a man, he's a good guy. He came to this altar and uh, hands were laid on him. And what I didn't know, I'd seen him just a week or so before and I hadn't seen him in a while. But um, I didn't know that he had a serious, really, really serious drug problem. And he came to the altar, hands were laid on him. And uh, I mean, he went out, uh, uh, evangelist and missionary Michael French was here. He, he lay, prayed for him. He laid, was laid out by the power of the Holy Spirit, got up, delivered by the power of God. And uh, one of the signs of his deliverance, the person that was telling me, was that he is now seeking after God and seeking the word. See, because the enemy had built a stronghold in his life and God shattered that stronghold. But then he walks away. And if he doesn't go after the word and he doesn't go after the spirit of God, then what happens uh, is the enemy comes back to see if there's anything that he can attach himself to his life again. But if he's seeking after God, seeking after the word in church, praising God, going after God, he's gonna walk in deliverance, amen? He's gonna walk in victory. Um, and when I heard that he was going after God, then I'm like, all right, praise God. He's gonna make it by God's grace. Um, but God, God wants to, del to deliver us of every bondage. The enemy wants to hold us in bondage. Uh, and uh, after all, see, there was no bondage before the curse fell on sin, on mankind. And so you and I are dealing with a society that is under a curse. And the key is we're not getting under there with them. Amen. And uh, some people though think that, um, you know, because of their background, they, they, there's reasons why they can't walk in victory. Let me give you a verse. Proverbs 26 verse two, the curse 
causeless shall not come. In other words, you and I don't have to be fearful of the enemy and anything he's got to throw at us, the darts he throws at us, because we walk in victory. Uh, It doesn't matter if somebody tries to put a curse on me. They can't put a curse on me, because if you're walking in victory, no curse can come upon your life. Now, let me give you this verse that the youth are using. And uh, when they told me what, what they were using and what this whole series is on, I'm like, give me that verse. I'm going to implement it. It goes right along with the word. Luke chapter 6, verse 32. Luke chapter 6, verse 32 and verse 20, uh, or 22 and 23. What blessings await you when people hate you? and exclude you and mock you and curse you. See, now that's, that is exactly what's happening today. Those of us who are proclaiming righteousness, those that are standing in pulpits and rejecting the culture and their lies and their deception and deceit and the governmental dictates uh, to allow biological boys into girls' bathrooms and showers. Uh, dear God have mercy. The, the mental uh, bondage that is occurring today in high places. So they're cursing us because they're saying we're not lovable. We uh, don't care about people. How could you care about people if you don't believe whoever loves whoever, it's okay. No, uh, we're going to stand for righteousness in this church, regardless of the consequences where you have to stand for righteousness. You can't give a non-answer. You, you have to declare what well, the Bible says. And Jesus says it because he loves us, not because he hates us, because he loves us and he knows what's going to make us happy. And that is not going to make us happy, but serving him is going to make us happy. So they're going to curse us. They're going to hate us. Uh, curse you as evil because you follow the son of man. When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy. All right, leap for joy for a great award or reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets the same way. So great is our reward in heaven. Let's do not let down our guard. There are people that are starting to preach things in the pulpits across America. It's a slippery slope. God help America. God help America. All right. So God help you and I. All right. So, uh, I know there are um, generational curses, but let me say something about that. It really is, uh, okay, so a parent is involved in a sinful life uh, lifestyle. It may be alcohol, it may be drugs, it may be horrible addictions, uh, it may even be some form of, uh, of satanic uh, um, ritual or uh, what is it, center it. And uh, it may be something like that. And so what happens? So the child is born, children are born, but when they come to Christ, the children of parents like that, when they come to Christ, uh, they are a new creature in Christ, amen? They are a new creature in Christ. But because of their model, because of the influence 
They're, they're going to have to make sure they don't fall back into that. There may be strong pulls toward that because of what is modeled, but it does not mean that person is under a curse and they're always going to struggle with it. No. Um, let me tell you what happened to me, and I was shocked at this. Years ago, um, I was helping a young man, or, and he went to a center. It was like a mental place. And uh, talking to him on the phone tells me that um, they have uh, diagnosed me as an alcoholic. And I'm like, and to my knowledge, he didn't have a problem with alcohol. And I'm like, okay, why? Well, because my father was an alcoholic. Now listen to that. His father was an alcoholic. So in their thinking, you're going to be an alcoholic. No, we don't believe that, all right? So that is absolute, we, we don't, that's not Christian belief, all right, that he's going to be an alcoholic. So we believe that at, at times in his life, he may be tempted or he may because it was modeled for him or lived before him, but that does not mean he's an alcoholic and it certain does, certainly does not mean he's gonna become an alcoholic because if he knows Christ, he is free in Christ. So the curse is the tendency or the uh, drawing of that or the modeling of that, but no, it is not so that they're gonna be that way forever. Uh, how many of you had imperfect parents? How many of you act just like them? Don't you dare raise your hand, okay? Uh, you don't have to act like them. You absolutely don't. Here's what I, years ago, when I first got saved, my dad was not a Christian. He was called to preach when he was like 20 years old. He backslid because of something somebody said in the church. Uh, so don't say anything that's gonna cause a preacher to backslide, all right? But uh, if it hadn't been that, probably something else but he backslid, got totally away from God, lived a very, very immoral life. But I, I was like, I, I don't have to take that. I, I, I want to take the good, the work ethic or whatever else is good in his life, and I'm going to spit out the other stuff, all right? I, that's not me. I'm, I'm different. Though he didn't say ever to me, I love you, until probably the last year or so of his life, that doesn't mean that I'm going to be that way. I tell family members all the time uh, that I love them and care about them and, and uh, express that affection to them so I can be totally different because of Christ and you can be totally different no matter what your parents were like you can be totally different because of Christ and you should be all right all right so let me go to uh, some of these things from childhood experiences like sexual abuse boy the enemy can really try to use that against someone but you don't have to live in that bondage. You may have been sexually abused, but God has freedom for you. Physical abuse, same thing. God has freedom for you. Uh, things you did that brought guilt, God has freedom from you. Uh, mom, mom, dad, living totally out of order, God has freedom from you, uh, or for you. And so, um, you know, boy, I see this playing out, you know, through life. When The longer you live, you know, it's like you, you've seen a lot, all right? But... Um, Parents, you know, uh, because families are so, um, a lot of families are so not messed up. No, I'm not talking about yours, but uh, we got families where the mom runs things and dad just sits over there. Yes, 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Whatever you want to do, honey. Uh, and keeps quiet. And the reason she has a tendency to do that is because her mom ran things. So that's what was modeled for her. Let me say something to all you ladies. Just because your mother ran things does not mean you get to run things, all right? If you are married, all right? If you're single, run things, all right? But uh, with the Lord's help. But if you are married, uh, defer to your husband. When the kids come to you, hey, here's, you know, they always want to come to mom because for whatever reason, they soft or hard or whatever. Uh, but when they come to you, say, hey, go ask your dad. Uh, go ask your dad. And, uh, and then uh, go ask your dad to pray for you. Uh, that's what Alice did to me on more than one occasion. Ask your dad, let him pray for you. Um, but ladies, don't allow uh, the enemy to cause your marriage to be to imp, imp, uh, to model that that uh, unchristian example that you may have received in your own life. And men, for heaven's sake, rise up and be a man. All right, be a man and uh, be the the husband you need to be, and be a leader in the home, and and do it with love and kindness and compassion, and also. Uh, camaraderie to the point of, honey, I, you know, this is what I'm feeling, but give me some input here. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's come to a, an agreement on this. And if there's no agreement that can be reached for whatever reason, she thinks we shouldn't do it. And he thinks, yes, we should. Then what should prevail? The man should prevail. Don't throw anything yet, all right? So the man should prevail. The woman says, honey, I, you know, I still don't uh, totally agree. I don't have peace about it, but I'm going to acquiesce and, uh, and I'm going to pray that even if it's wrong, God will turn it around for good, amen? So that is the kind of attitude. And the husband, listen, I'm telling you, don't make any major decisions without checking with your wife. If you're married, I'm telling you, that's a dumb thing to do, all right? So you check with your wife, man, make sure. I mean, my dad didn't do this. He, um, he lived, well, he was a farmer and she worked at a mental institution and he'd go out and buy a car and bring it home for her to pay for it. All right, he didn't even tell her about it. Buy TV and she'd end up paying for it. Uh, he was, you know, he just did his thing. God help. You know, and now I'm doing my thing. All right, so anyway, no, uh, I am not doing my thing. All right, Galatians chapter three, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, every curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now he was cursed, with loaded with our sin, God turned away from the sin, he was cursed so that you and I could be blessed. He was cursed so that you and I are a blessing. And we're not just receiving it as a blessing ourselves, but we are blessed to be a blessing, all right? Don't ever forget that. We are blessed to be a blessing. That's what the gifts were all about. We were blessed with a gift to be a blessing to others, all right? To use the gift for others. All right, Isaiah chapter 10, 27. And I'm not gonna hold you long, all right? And um, Isaiah chapter 10, 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and... Uh, the yoke of the enemy from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. All right, the word uh, translated anointed 
or anointing here is often rendered fatness in other places in Hebrew texts, all right? There are times when powerful anointings come upon the servants of the Lord. Uh, let me illustrate with that person that was set free from drugs, all right? He was prayed for, an anointing came on his life, um, and that anointing through that prayer uh, from people around and from our guests, that anointing broke the shackle. All right, now, um, that's fabulous, that's great, but we don't only want it broken free, but we want it destroyed, totally, completely destroyed. So, um, let's talk about that for a moment. Let's talk about destroying the oak because thank God we're always gonna pray for people and anoint people and believe God for miracles, but we need that. But we also need things destroyed. And so let's look at that. The spirit, uh, uh, we need to grow and that is key to, to destroying the yoke. It is not just that he came and was anointed and God set him free at that moment. He now is going to need to grow. All right, let's look at Malachi chapter four, verse two. A scripture that, no, we're not talking about tithing. All right, Malachi chapter four, verse two. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. You shall grow fat like stall-fed calves. No, that's not talking about um, being obese, all right? So let's just keep going. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. Um, okay, now let's read 1 Peter 2 and 2. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, all right? So here's the scripture used by Peter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So in the world that we live, babies immediately want to nurse, all right? Um, uh, in the, on the farm growing up, it's just phenomenal. If you've never seen it before, it's just wow. Uh, I would see, literally I saw hundreds of, of what we called sows or hogs, the sow was um, a mother hog. And so the sow would give birth to pigs and she could have anywhere from seven, eight, all the way up to 12 or 14. And these little pigs would be born and immediately I, I would see them. Uh, they'd be in a stall and they would be there and they could hardly see, but they'd get on their little feet and they'd head in one direction, the direction where the milk was. And it was like an instinct. They were headed for that uh, milk to nurse, to grow. And, and God built it within them. Uh, puppies. Did you know that when puppies are born, they can't see? Some of you have dogs. You are, everybody knows that. No, those are. How many of you didn't know that? All right. All right. Two of you. Okay. So anyway, uh, puppies are born. They can't see. 
And it takes some time. What is it, a week or two? Uh, before they open their eyes. But when they are born also, they can't see, they're, they're blind. And yet, where do they go? They go straight to nursing. I know once in a while, there's one that gets messed up and goes the wrong way. All right, so, but he eventually gets there. But uh, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That verse in Malachi is talking about that, that you may grow fat. He's talking about growing. The calf is growing, 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 becoming stronger, stronger, stronger. And then in first, second Peter chapter three, 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. In other words, when the calf, the picture is this, that a calf becomes so strong, or we really become so strong by growing. And see, as he grows in the word and the things of God, uh, he doesn't need a prayer hands laid on him every week. No, he is now strong, so the yoke is destroyed. So he doesn't feel like he's got to come back every other week for prayer and anointing on his life but it is destroyed as the calf gets stronger and bigger and uh, grows more and more. So that doesn't have any influence on that, our lives. And John eight thirty two, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It is not enough just to hear the word. We're not just hearers of the word, we are what? Doers of the word. We don't just hear the word, we are doers of the word. Bow your heads with us, please. Everyone all over the building, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for helping all of us to grow, to shatter the yoke of any influence of the enemy or the in influence that we may have had even growing up. God, we can be 50, 60, 70, 80 years old and still at times deal with stuff that happened in the first 10, 15, 20 years of our life. But God, we know we walk in freedom. We know the truth sets us free. We know just because dad was an alcoholic doesn't mean I'm an alcoholic. God, thank you that we don't have to yield to that. God, I know that some have that influence, that model has brought bondage to their lives. But God, I pray if there's anyone in this building or listening online, the online campus, that that would be broken, shattered, eliminated, gone in Jesus' name. And God, help them to grow, immediately start growing. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.